Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. It's podcast time, punters. Welcome aboard the Green Light On Premier Racing podcast once again as we count down to Thursday night at Sandown Park. We're tucking into this one nice and early. I'm sitting here in front of the computer. I've got Jason Adams, uh, the main man at headquarters, on the line. Jace, how are you, brother? I'm well, thanks, Jim. And uh, a little bit sunburnt on the forehead after a big, big day at the Valley on Saturday, but... Looking forward to, to honing in on the second prelude series of the Melbourne Cup. And, geez, it's a good card. It's nice, it's nice to, uh, I guess, in our position, Jim, rush through the form. But when you get good fields, it's, it's quite easy to carve through it. Mate, uh, the Cox Plate, you went to that Saturday, as you just mentioned. What, what did you make of that? Do you, do you learn anything from the way Mooney Valley go about it in comparison to maybe what we could do with the dogs? Um. Oh, look, from my point of view, the the thing I quite like most was there wasn't a lot happening between a lot of the races. I mean, that's what you're there for, to sort of socialise and, and have a beer with each other. And you got a chance to do that without a, all the hoo-ha happening in the background. So now, one thing I love a lot is the, the whole theatre of, I guess, the uh, the mounting yard they've got there. And it's I think I pumped up the, the one at Angle Park just a couple of weeks ago. It's quite similar. So it's getting closer to the superstars. You know what it's like. And mm. there's no better place in the valley to sort of be in on, on top of that rather than like a, a bit of an out in the crowd at a, a bigger venue. It's a very, very special place. Animo winning the Cox Plate on the weekend. I know this is a greyhound racing show, but Jace, you're a man that uh, that sort of you know trundles into a little bit of everything. Uh, Robbie Dolan, the uh, the jockey, was the voice of the Cox Plate singing horses. How did that go down? It was pretty good. I actually, snuck me way into a pretty nice spot to to watch him go about his business, and I, I didn't mind him. I know Daryl set a really high standard. <laughs> I think Robbie filled his shoes all right. And speaking of Robbie, Jim, he'll be performing at Sandown on Melbourne Cup Heats Night, Calcutta Night. So, really, really? Uh, yeah, he'll be there with uh, <laughs> another young lad, another young one. I just have to go back and check the name, but head to dreamchasersfestival.com.au or head to the Sandown Facebook page. There's an event there sitting for the, the Heats. There's a bit more information surrounding that. So that's where he's, he'll be going next for his grand final, I think we can call it, Jim. Yeah, mate, 100%. Bigger than the Cox Plate. There's no doubt about that. Heat night for the Melbourne Cup. We can't even get him on Melbourne Cup night. Uh, No, that's exciting. That's a perfect segue from me, and I had absolutely no idea that he was involved in in any which way with uh, with the Melbourne Cup series. But you mentioned the Dream Chasers. We haven't really spoke too much about that on the podcast yet, but obviously that's the the branding, I guess you could say, for the, uh, the feature racing for the Spring Carnival of Greyhounds. And my goodness, mate, we've spoke about this, Jace, in the past about the two metropolitan clubs really working together, um, and I think this is a prime example of that, and it's just exciting to be involved. Yeah, it is. I think in years gone by, sort of look after your own events because that's your, that's your responsibility, but I think this time around, it's never been sort of badged up in a real carnival sort of one theme sort of manner, and I think it's, it feels bigger, to be honest, so... It's going to be great. Of course, it kicks off the Top Gun uh, Saturday week, which is going to be awesome. But it's going to be a big period, that's for sure. Just that consistency of the the Saturday nights in in succession on racing.com is going to be huge. Run of the week. My run of the week, Jace, from last week. I love the run of Mapunga Warrior, but I've sort of ventured with the theme of the Melbourne Cup and preludes and whatnot and a greyhound who could go a long way in the series is Baby JC. And here she is beating a good field last week, the youngster. 
Racing, Baby JC began well on the inside and leads easily to the post. On the outside, Shimapunga railing through was Lovis Bale and then came Warfi. Well back, Zippy Tesla now starts to work into the clear and Kanji Giant to the rear. Baby JC the leader by a length on Shimapunga. Right behind them, Lovis Bale trying to work home with Zippy Tesla. Clear then of Warfi, but Baby JC to the turn leads and it's the Babe! Baby JC bolts home, Zippy Tesla rattled home to second. Oh, I, I don't know why I did that again, Jace. Uh, that replay makes me sick, mate, because Zippy Tesla, I thought, was the best bet of the night. When he got to the outside down the back, I thought, here's his chance, and then Wolfie sort of just ran him off a little bit, and Baby JC, it's a credit to her. Uh, it's exactly what she's good at. She makes her own luck, and she was able to do that again from the top. Exactly right, and sort of brief conversation with someone on the Friday last week is sort of, suggested Baby JC as a shootout type. I thought, nah, there's probably no way she's a shootout type, but she's a genuine race dog. So mm. you're going to see ones like her with good pace that win in, in good fields because of her racing habits, and Tesla's the opposite. I mean, he's probably quicker than her, and he's more of a shootout type of a dog, but he gets into those sort of positions where it makes it really hard for himself. We got caught up in the kennel, mate, and Brad had a bit of a laugh about that after the race. But, yeah, he's a machine, but for, for baby JC, it's her racing habits and early speed that's going to take her a long way in her career. Before we move on, just a quick update on the Melbourne Cup market, obviously thanks to uh, to sportsbet.com.au. Is there one right now, Jace, that you sit there on? We'll probably speak a little bit about this uh, moving forward, but is there a greyhound that sort of sits at the top of the tree for you? Just having a look at the market. Wow, she's fast, still on top 550. She's a Pearl's $10. Uh, I think she's racing at Wentworth Park on resumption this week. Amron Boyd, 12. Baby JC's now the fourth pick, so she's just lifted herself right up the order, and then French Martini, who trialled on Sunday at 14. Uh, what, what did you make of that trial, A? Eh? And then who is the, the runner to go with this far out? Well, I thought she was only fair, to be honest. Jim, she went 29 and, and 64 on the same day. And a couple of races later, we saw Jarek Bale go 29-22. And one thing that uh, I don't think has been publicised yet is where she's fast, went 29-19 after the last wow. race. So, look, she's obviously first up since Adelaide from the, the market point of view. Look, to be honest, the mail that's coming through about she's a pearl, she's going to fire on Wednesday night. She's absolutely humming heading into that. And there's quite uh, confidence that she's going to bounce back to the form that, that we know and love about her. So given that, $10 probably isn't a bad price. But if you're looking for one from, from left field, he's not even in the market. So I might have to uh, <laughs> request that from the boys at Sports Fair. But ride the thunder. He's in yeah. a prelude this Thursday. I think he's got every chance to go well with Fernando Mick and he's outside. We'll get to that soon. But you'd have to be a reasonable price, and he's one on the up. Sort of peaking at the right time of the year fits that sort of profile. Thursday's preview. Well, we've got the winner of the Melbourne Cup in the kitty. Uh, what about some winners for Thursday night at Sandown Park? 12 races. We begin with the dreamchaserfestival.com.au maiden final. Starts at 6.38 Thursday night racing Jason Adams and the first race on with number one, Darkened Spirit. So I think the four is going to be a nice type. Aussie rocks. He, uh, he just looked as if he wanted to go pretty hard at the rail. I thought if there's any contact early, the red might be able to push through the lead. And, and I thought she was pretty impressive on debut for Tony Tufo. Yeah, who's a, a good friend of the Greenland on podcast, oh. as we know. And <laughs> Aussie rocks for me, number four, Thought he was good on Sunday, and Matt Clark's been really bullish about what this pup might be able to do long term. So hopefully he can go on with it, and hopefully Thursday night's the start of that. Race two on with the runners up in the great chase, like an arrow. I thought he was just gutsy in that race. All spritzed up was home the moment they went through that first corner. But 
like an arrow to his credit, he only got done a length and a quarter, and he was just he was just lifting the whole way, a little bit like he did to win his heat when he ran down Dundee Smokey, and uh, he went on to win a heat of the Derby, I think it was at uh, Geelong. So the form line's good for like an arrow, but this again. Even though he's coming off a Group 3 last start, Jace, it feels like it's another rising class. It does, uh, to city level in a, in a Grade 5 in what's a, a reasonable field. So, yeah, I'm with him as well, but he was quite stiff in the great chase, but it's credits all spruced up in how good he was. But number five, like an arrow for me too. Who would have thought Jarek Bale, as you said a moment ago, would go 29-22 off a of 518, uh, just second run back from a spell. Like he, He's come back red hot, Jarek Bale, but... Oh, look, this is an interesting race because I feel like when you look at the form line of race number three, Jace, you would almost put money on the fact that this is a 5.95 race, but it's not. It's a 5.15. Who, who yeah, wins it? and I've, I've been stiffed up doing that a number of times. Oh. I reckon you're the same, Jim. You look at the field rather than the distance and think, oh, yeah, this is a 600 metre race. <laughs> um, Yachi Bale, number one for me. I thought he was massive in his last start at the Meadows. He was really carved up through the pen and it was just huge mm. to, to win in still good time. So drawn well again, I'm with him. Yeah, I'm with Yachi Bale as well. I just, just hope he can hold a place near the inside. Just on that topic you, you spoke of just a tick ago there, Jace. sick beats. There'd be, there'd be listeners out there who have had those sick beats, whether it be they thought the race was the wrong distance. And I've got a prime example of this now. I, I like to, you know, sort of rip through the replay form and I came up with a dog that Emily as a party trains with uh, with Maddie Lanigan just recently at Geelong and I thought oh, it's going to cross and lead from the outside. It's in a 400 metre race. They won't have enough time to pick them up. I think the Cockrells had a dog in the race that was pretty strong and I thought 400, they're, they're just not going to catch it. Anyway, the odds come out. I jump on at about six or seven dollars. I've gambled responsibly, but I've had a nice little flutter. Anyway, Jace, uh, they're about to move in, and I, I bring up the Watchdog app, you know, click on the live stream, and, and what do you think I see? A 460-metre race. And straight away, my head's, <laughs> my hands and my head have combined, and I've just gone head in hands. Oh, no, this is not going to end well. Anyway, I thought, you never know. Look, let's just hope that uh, the luck's on my side and, and it can run the extra 60 metres. As it turned out, Jace, ping straight to the front, three lengths in front on the corner. At the 400-metre mark of the race, where I thought it was all over, I'm a winner. And you know what happens in the last... 60 I get mowed down and it was just one of those ones where I shook my head and thought well just make sure lesson learned and even though you might think it's a 400 meter race just just double check the fine print at the top oh big time and isn't it like we, we think we know what we're talking about Jim but sometimes we just got to remind ourselves we're all human and make the absolute basic of errors and that's a prime example what about uh, race four Melbourne Cup prelude number four Kasaya for Carly Feltham he's just an absolute star I thought his win tenacious at the Meadows last Wednesday in a race that I think could have been a, a, almost a heat of a group race it was that strong for a mix three and four on a Wednesday we're going to have a chat to Carly Feltham on this podcast very very soon I'm tipping him on top how do you see it playing out yeah, so am I. Box one's a, a good thing for him. And the last time he had the red was at the Meadows. Mm. 505-2980. I think that same sort of performance wins in this race. So I think he'll be booking a spot in, in Melbourne Cup heats. He's a jet. He's a star. What about race five? We see Baby JC in five. You've got Ride the Thunder, who you're giving a good push for. So you're obviously expecting something there. Zipping Maserati now in the care of the, care of the Hallinans, drawn out in box seven. I'm, I'm going to go uh, away from all of them, and I'm going to tip Zara's Ivan. I think he just loves Sandown. He loves the red. He, he's pretty fresh, and I think he'll run well. Yeah, Baby JC is clearly going well, but when I look at this sort of race, well, whatever race Fernando mix in, you sort of sum up what's happening around him because he begins well. He wants that middle part of the track. So 
think he might make it a little bit difficult for her. So went with Ride the Thunder, I think, a real up-and-coming sharp type and he should get plenty of room to do his thing. So, fingers crossed. Zippy Tesla wins race six. I think enough speed this time in the one and two. Um, I'm hoping the three goes out fast as well, hold me up, and that uh, Zippy Tesla can just tuck in at that first corner because that's when he does his best racing. Always my favourite dog, and it's probably going to bite me on the backside for taking him on here because I'll go with number two, Lobaz Bale. thought he was pretty good last week, and the way that the splits um, stacked up, Jim, was one of the quickest between the 20-metre the mark and the, and the beam the first time. So he's got that acceleration. There's, there's not a stack of, uh, I guess, intense pressure throughout this field, so I think he, he might be able to get into a nice spot. Interesting runners, the red, let's win coin. She's just not beginning like she was a while ago. She was sort of splitting five flat every week and she's just not doing that but maybe she can return to form with the good draw race seven i'm with two he's no slouch i thought he was home for all money last thursday night jace but he got rolled just but i think he'll make amends yeah this is another race where there's there's not a lot of pressure towards the inside of the field and we should expect speed from divine empress so uh we saw she was uh ran down by tippy tesla in her last start which was the start of september in a a qualifier of the, the million dollar chase but Back at what we think we can call a home track, she should put her best ball forward. So number eight for me. The fact they've gone first up from a spell into a pro to the Melbourne Cup just it says a lot, you. doesn't oh, it? It does, and you can read into that. I think, uh, especially when they're trainers that know what they're doing. Uh, race number eight, I thought Boom Lateral was just enormous last week. He, he's in the zone. He's chasing pretty well, and I think he'll win this as long as he he wants to win it. Uh, Boom Lateral, I think it's his race to lose. Yeah, that's the that's the key. Ability is no problem. Number eight, play nice for me. It's a developing stayer on the up, and um, I hope he can go well. Obviously, buying for a, a spotting the Top Gun stayers on Saturday week too, but we'll find out a lot more about that on Tuesday night. Race number nine, Jace, over the 715. We see Mapunga Raider make an enormous step up in distance right from 500 up to 715. But again, you probably can read a little bit into that and say that the Britons are sort of setting him maybe for a, a bold trees type of tilt. So if he's going to be doing that, he's, he's probably going to have to go well here. I, I thought it was a really hard race, though. And to be honest, I'm almost not willing to tip. Oh, you've done this again. I was listening to the podcast with uh, our man Corey Smith last he week. Wasn't he was quite critical of. He was quite <laughs> critical, that's for sure. Uh, not a race I feel strongly about. I'll go with the X factor, and that is the one you spoke about, Mapunga Raider. Because speaking of those split times, whenever he's finishing fifth, uh, fourth in in sprint races, his run homes have been dead set enormous. Mm. So. Maybe another uh, read-between-the-lines situation with Jeff Britton stepping straight up to 700. Yeah, that's what I thought might have been the uh, the way to go. What about uh, race 10? I'm pretty keen here on the red Weblex scout. I think the sprint form's been really good. He was strong to run down Orlando at Bendigo on Cup Night, and, and he's probably drawn to go straight through and just about lead. And I think if he's in front, he's a, he's a good each-way chance. Yeah, no arguments to me. I always gravitate towards Angela Langton and Jeff Britton runners drawn inside over 600 metres. They just tend to go really well. Race 11, I'm with two great guys. I think his form line probably for the last month has been really, really steady. Yeah, big motor. And he's another one that beams on the, the split times his run homes uh, just about every time he goes around Sandown. So good to see him stepping up in distance. And the last one with the one of Fernando, probably one of my better bets of the night. One of two that I thought were, were better bets here at the Sandown meeting. I think he can he can find the rail at some point. He was disappointing at Geelong. And we had Brendan DeWan on the podcast for the Meadows last week. And he sort of said, look, from box eight, we don't expect much. Probably won't win. Comes out and runs 30.03. So the fact he's drawn a lot better this time, he's obviously in the zone, he's finding his form again, and I think he'll win this from box number two. 
Yep, I agree. The venue is very familiar with two, and I wonder what Brendan would feel about throwing him in the prelude maybe on shootout night. I guess it might depend on how he goes on Thursday night, but clearly good enough and, and young too. Hunters Punting Club. Let's wrap this up, Jace. I've got Carly Feltham, trainer of Kasaya, sitting on the line waiting patiently. Uh, what about uh, your punters punting club? I almost forgot the name of the segment. Uh, I'll go 25 each way, Dewana Fernando, and keep it simple, mate. What are you playing? Well, I'll keep it quite simple. There's two. $25 each way, race five, prelude number five of the Melbourne Cup. Number two, Ride the Thunder. Just a young type on the up, and I think it gets room to at least run a, a really good race, so 25 each way on him. We'll try team up in the market, mate, so you can have a have an all-in play as well on Ride the Thunder for the Melbourne Cup. Good luck this week. Cheers, Jim. Inside Info. The Sheriff Demon, seven to Adele Mobile, and then taste the goal, but it's all Kasaya sprinting away. Kasaya won it brilliantly by four lengths. Sheriff Well, Demon. that ought to give away who our special guest is on the podcast, the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast, the number one podcast in the game. It is the trainer of Kasaya, Carly Feltham, and she's been good enough to stay awake and come on the podcast late Monday night. Carls, how are you? Good, thanks. Yourself? I'm going well. Uh, busy week for you, I hear. There's been plenty going on with the family, with the dogs. The, uh, oh. the workload never stops. Oh, no, that that it does not. <laughs> what about what about the scam phone calls? I've, I've got uh, a few people telling me that you're getting plenty of scam calls and you're not too happy mm. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't answer numbers I don't know anymore. Just there's that many that come through. <laughs> it's actually, it's funny because Victoria Shaw, who uh, who calls the odd race uh, up at Hillsville with me, and then she'll often do her own meeting here and there. And she was up, uh, it was Sunday, so yesterday... Um, and she came up to me and she said, oh, James, sorry, I'm, I'm just having to do something here. And uh, she was on one of the uh, the tollway uh, websites where you, you have to update your credit card. But apparently there's a scam going on at the moment. And this is not normally what we talk about on this podcast, but it can go anywhere, Carl. Anyway, I said to her, just double check because I'm pretty sure there's a major scam going on um, that is asking for your credit card needing to be updated for one of the tollways. And as it turned out, I think she was safe and she, she went and researched that it was all good, but... On a serious note, there's bloody scams everywhere these days. I know. I had one of those the other day, actually, and I'm like, that's not right. My card no. isn't due to expire, so. <laughs> no, that's it. They can they can take my credit card details because there's bugger all in there anyway. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's have a look at this uh, this race. Race four, Melbourne Cup prelude. I, I guess you start to dare to dream, don't you, Carly, with Kasire and the Melbourne Cup? Oh, you know what? I think anyone that breeds a greyhound is lying if they don't say that the Melbourne Cup or the Easter Egg, that that isn't the dream. And and I'm not going to say that that's not the dream. I've got a dog. He's fast enough. All you need is luck. 100%. But there's a, there's a bit of a story behind Kasai because he did go amiss in a race not all that long ago at Sandown Park, and that would have been tough to see, obviously. But the, the road to recovery, I've seen some videos and some photos that you, you did a lot of work with him to, to make sure that that muscle injury healed. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, so a few people had said to go and see Alistair and he was able to do some stem cell um therapy we'll call it I'm not really sure and um Terry Morris said to me the best thing you can do is swim the dog so 
I found a place in Somerville and just took him every week or a couple of times a week and he absolutely loved it. And um, when I went back to see Alistair two weeks after, he said that is the best thing you could have done for him. So, look, he's he's pulling up really well, touch wood, and, and he, seems to, he seems to be um, maybe maturing a little bit. Like his last two runs have been super where he's pushed mm. through in a field where maybe before he would hesitate and then maybe think about it at times. I thought his last win at the Meadows when I called last Wednesday was absolutely enormous. Um, but you were just saying that you were swimming him. So was that ocean swimming? No, no. So they the lady had a water walker. Yep. Um, yeah, so you just they, – they chain them in and get the walker going and the jets go and – it's just, a, and it, it probably helped maintain his fitness as mm. well. Well, it's obviously worked, and the amount of effort that you've put in. I've actually got another little funny story that I'm going to tell you, Carly, and I love telling stories on this podcast. But <laughs> I used to sometimes swim the dogs down at Belnaring Beach. I'm not sure if you've ever been to Belnaring. It's a, it's a beautiful little uh, dog beach that they have down there, and um, I used to sort of go out, you know, fairly deep up to sort of my yep. chest and, and things like that, and I'd often have the dogs with me, and they'd go for a swim, and I'd go for a swim, and I, I thought it was really good because obviously you're not putting as much force on your legs if you were to be galloping and everything else and as it turned out I think the next day following my trip to Balnaring swimming in you know fairly deep water um, a kayaker yeah. had seen a shark in the water so I um, I haven't <laughs> been back to Balnaring in about four years to be honest Carls but uh, there, there is there is massive benefits to swimming greyhounds there's no doubt about that having a look at this race it's it's prelude four of the Melbourne Cup what do you make of it obviously box one's you know, going to suit him. And there is a bit of speed in two and three, but the way your boy pushes and accelerates, it's second to none. Oh, look, I'm hopeful. And when you look at what he ran, not the last win at the Meadows, but a, a couple of weeks prior to that, where I think he went like 5.9 or something, 5.09 and um, 17.56 mm. or something. He was just humming down the back. Um, you just got to hope. Obviously, he prefers the Meadows to Sandown, but um, he, he's ran some decent times at the Meadows as well. Oh, sorry, at Sandown. So, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> well, it was 5.05 to be precise at the Meadows three starts ago when he did just ping the lids and dominate the race, and that was from box number one, which I think is his favourite draw. Well, can you explain the feeling when you see him in a race, uh, this fawn flash, like even at the Meadows, for example, last week when he was in the traffic jam early and then he's just able to push through and, and just open a field up that is full of high-quality greyhounds. Can you explain the way you feel when you're watching that race unravel? Oh, look, it, it's a really nice feeling knowing that, you know, like he does the bulk of it and he makes me look good. But he, you know, there, there's nothing better than just seeing him off, off he goes. We knew he had early pace, you know, sorry, mid-race pace when we we're, when we're pre-training him, but he's um, better than we ever expected. And you, sometimes you just get shivers going, come on, Marty, come on. <laughs> and and does, it, does it feel a little bit more special when Marty, as you call him at home, does win a race now knowing that you've had to go through that rehab from a muscle injury? Yes, very much mm. so. And... Um, I don't probably don't work him as hard now as I did, but he's feeling the best he's ever felt. Mm. Um, last 
after that run at the Meadows on Wednesday, I actually um, was on the phone to Lisa Helmuth and I'm like, oh my God, he's literally dancing around his wedding yard, you know, doing what he needs to, but literally dancing and prancing. And I thought, well, it's a sign he's feeling good. Hopefully we can keep him up until until the end of November. <laughs> well, that's the key. Go for the big one, the Melbourne Cup. And as we let you run, yeah. you'd obviously be happy with box number one. Is there a way you want the race to, to unravel this week? Oh, to be honest, I haven't even had time to really look at the form. Um, you know, Dawn Johnson always prepares her greyhounds very well. So that one's got a little bit of pace straight straight to the outside of him. So we've just got to hope that all nearly 37 kilos of him is able to push through push through and hope for the best. <laughs> He's $51 in the market to win a Melbourne Cup. And that's fairly short when you think of the quality of greyhounds that are around at the moment. Obviously, if he can win Thursday night, that's going to sharpen up even more. So we wish you well. I reckon we're all going to have a little flutter on him to win the Melbourne Cup on this podcast. And we're going to cheer for you, Carl. Thanks for coming on. You're part of the family and we're claiming Kasaya as our own now. <laughs> He'll take it. That's it. Good luck. Thanks. And that's it. Another good edition of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast for another week. Don't forget, uh, there's no Saturday night racing next week at the Meadows. It is Silver Bullet night next Monday. Next podcast out maybe just a little bit later than you come to expect. Until next time, partners, good luck with Thursday. I think we've got a few winners there, and Jason sounded pretty confident as well. Let's get Big Marty Kasaya home in a Melbourne Cup prelude. Until next time, safe travelling, and as always, happy punting.